have future wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. First leg where I I just walk out. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a big edition of the Two Units podcast. We've got a huge weekend of racing ahead of us, and uh, Tony Gollan joins us today on the Sultan Supper. We've also got Pack Your Nags, Specs Across Four States, and of course, we ran out the show with our Two Units, our best bets from around Australia. My name's Nick Foote. Joining me as always is the media mogul himself, the Sultan. Salts, welcome welcome along, mate, off your hot debut on .com yesterday. Footy, yeah, good to be here. We're a day late with the podcast, but it was worth it for the experience yesterday, mate, which was really good. Mate, um, I'll... I like to take the piss out of you a fair bit. Let's be let's be honest. But, oh, that's what we're about. Yeah, but you did do a fantastic job yesterday, okay. mate. Well done. Um, yeah, certainly a feather in your cap. And I was looking through some of the uh, some of the tweets that people were getting in, getting around you, and one of them said that you're now the Eddie McGuire of horse racing and <laughs> form analysis. How do you feel about uh, that? I'm not that comfortable with that, mate. Mainly because I'm pretty sure that Eddie doesn't sleep. <laughs> and I refuse to lose an hour of sleep for anyone or anything, mate. So I'll definitely still be getting my sleep. But yeah, it was a good experience. And, and we're doing a few things now in the media, which we're loving with the radio and the podcast and, and now doing some stuff on TV. But yeah, I loved it, mate. I'm really looking forward to doing more of it. Yeah, what I did love probably the most, Salts, is like it's a very serious operation over there at .com. Outside mm. of Get On, it's a very serious operation. So I'm glad that you took to it that way and you you did drop God's carpet as Ballarat Synthetic in the first minute. <laughs> you did refer to a horse that was called Lippy as Miss Lippy's car is green <laughs> yeah, as you've got well. got to slide a couple in there, mate. <laughs> like, as everyone knows, we are just... We're human Sandler. Yeah. Like, we just live for it. So you got to get some Billy Madison in on your first shift, don't you? Speaking of uh, Miss Lippy's car is green, I had an indoor cricket team in grade nine, and that was our indoor cricket team no, it name. Wasn't. Yeah, Miss Lippy's oh, car is so green. Good. Did you just, like, instead of eating oranges at, at the change of innings, did you eat clag paste? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wore blue duck shirts. It was good. No, I, w- I will just say as well, like, obviously in the lead up to that, I had lots of messages from family and friends wishing me well but it, it was really cool to get you know random people on twitter get around you and say good luck and and give you some kind words because you, you think it might be a throwaway line but it does go a long way to to put you in a good mood if you've got 30 people getting on there going you're a cockhead and i don't want to watch you <laughs> you might get a bit flat so that's a no fair it's it, it was a cool experience mate yeah, nice. Hey, we've got Tony Gollan out the back in the green room. Yeah, sorry, Tony. Uh, one second, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to start eating the clag glue. So <laughs> let's let's flick to him, mate. This fresh, delicious, tasty, meaty, turkey-filled, cold-cut combo. I eat three every day to help keep me strong. All right, we're fortunate enough to be joined by Tony Gollan today at the supper ahead of a big Group 1 Stradbroke Day up there in Queensland. Tony, welcome along to the Two Units podcast. Good morning, guys. Good to be on. Tony, thanks for being here, mate. Mate, you are the, yeah, no. you are the leading Metropolitan Queensland trainer, mate. So we only we only get the best on this podcast and uh, we appreciate your time. We know it's a busy time up there with the carnival. So uh, all eyes 
are looking towards the Stradbroke for tomorrow. A group one that's eluded you so far as well, Tony. Um, we know you've got close with Vega 1 last year and Temple of Boom in 2014 running second, but you've got Isotope lining up tomorrow. How, uh, how are you assessing her chances ahead of the race? Well, if you just looked at her runs, her three runs, she's probably, you know, being a bit, a bit scratching your head and thinking she's certainly got to improve. And there's no doubt that is the case. Um, I saw a little bit of improvement the other day with her. I'm very forgiving of her two wet track runs prior to that. I saw her race good through the line the other day. She's really come out of that run very, very well. It's taken a while to get a few horses fit this winter with all the wet weather we had leading into the carnival. Made life a little bit tricky with their preparation. Um, but I think she's right on top of the game now. She's a very happy horse, very fit, very well. Uh, and to win a Stradbroke, which, Stradbroke, which has eluded me to date, you've got to tick a few boxes. You've got to try and get that right run with the right weight and the right jockey, etc. And I think you do tick a lot of those boxes tomorrow. Yeah, she certainly gets that with the wizard going on from from four tomorrow. And mate, she's been a bit of a roller coaster ride for for yourself and Black Soil Bloodstock and Connections. Obviously, uh, don't want to bring up too many bad memories, but losing the rider in the uh, Magic Millions three year old guineas and uh, also survived a freak uh, colic diagnosis as well. But yeah, as you said, she's drawn a treat for tomorrow and. Uh, I don't know if it's a help or a hindrance, but I'll be tipping her on the show today. So um, hopefully it's a help. No, I think it'll be a help, mate. Look, yeah, she has. She's been a really good filly like, from the get-go. The first time we started to do some work with her, she, she, was always, she was always well above average. And obviously you never know you know, what level these horses are going to get to. But in the first day she stepped out and that made it boom and she sort of showed she, she, she could have been the real deal. And, yeah, the day she right fell off from the Magic Means Day, it was an awfully hollow feeling leaving the track that day. We trained two other million-dollar winners on the day, and you'd think you'd leave pretty happy, but I kind of <laughs> left fairly, fairly winded. Mate, it, was, honest, it was a how-far job, wasn't it? And I don't know, yeah. you could probably tell us more about it here, but is it, has she had some saddle issues or some sort, this preparation? Yeah, I just felt off her last run in the gate when Ryan was on her, she was one to rear up, and getting very cantankerous and as he'd get off her and stand on the side when they were loading the other horses she'd, she'd stand beautifully so I was a bit amused as to why she was doing that and I hope it, I was hoping that it wasn't you know a bit of mere character coming in and saying that she's sour on the prep etc mm. um, but when we when we went over that following week and vetted her up um, out of the treadmill where we sent her out to a paddock at the treadmill post race we found her very very sore at the base of her wither um, so we've done some extra physio work you know chiropractic stuff with her there a lot of icing, um, you know, dry needling, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and she's responded really, really well. And, and, and just the happiness in the hall since we've, since we've alleviated that issue, it, it's just there to be seen. She's just in a really, really good place. There are two pieces of work since the, since the Stradbroke have just been bang on. And I sort of can't get enough feed into her at the moment. So everything sort of ticks a lot of boxes that she's in a really good place now. And like I mentioned, I, I think she's really fully fit in the prep. Um, I've never been concerned by the 1,400 distance with her. But the main thing has been just getting that little bit of soft, soft tissue injury at the base of the wither, just getting that under control, and I feel we've done that. Yeah, that's great news, mate, and she shapes up really well tomorrow from that barrier. Did I read correctly that there was some sort of pinching going on as well? Because I was wondering... Oh, that, imagine... that's basically what where yeah. the saddle sits. It was kind of like pinching the base of the wither, and it, it sort of bruised and, and inflamed that area. So like, that's why when Ryan was sitting on her in the gate, she was really cantankerous. That, that saddle must have been in it. Where it was sitting on her, it must have been really annoying her and had her in some discomfort. 
So if you if you watch the run, she actually begun really well the other day, but she wouldn't stretch out early and muster a spot. And that's why I think her run was so much better. I feel that she'll jump and and she'll be able to hold a position tomorrow. So that, that's one thing that has been sort of, I've been finding quite frustrating that she's begun well but not wanting to hold a position. We all know when she's at her best, she can just sit right there on speed. So I think tomorrow, if we've got that area right, which I believe we have, that she can take up a far more tactical forward position off that good draw. Yeah, well, it's a genuine excuse. Imagine doing like competing in the 800 metres, the Olympics, and someone was following you around, pinching you the whole time. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be happy, mate. So, well, it'd be be like having your, your jock strap up. <laughs> Are you spe- That's no good. I speak from experience. Hey, I was about to say, Tony sounds like an expert in that area. We'll, we'll, we'll move on, mate. We'll have a look at a couple of other runners that you've had throughout the carnival. And you obviously had Baller, who won the Group 2 Merton Cup last week. And... Connections opted not to fork out the late $45,000 entry fee. Uh, where do you think your baller might lob next? Yeah, he goes through the heel. He basically followed the same prep I was going to go with him last year when he had a bit of a throat issue and we had to get that sorted out. So he'll head on three weeks between runs to the Healy now. It's a, lot, it's a logical race for him, really. The, the, the problem is now he's got to carry 60 kilos in that race. So I understood their reasons for not wanting to pay it up. Like, you know, $45,000 is real money. You know, it's in their pocket. They've, you know, the horse has won it, but it's their money. I understand why they didn't want to do that. Obviously, the horse had been tested out 1,400 before. It hadn't been successful. So I feel the decision to go to the Healy, all boat carrying the 60 kilos, Huey Bowman will ride again. He does feel pretty well placed in that race, you know, 21 days between runs, but that pattern seems to really suit him. Yeah, another one you've had run well throughout the carnival, or first up, was Garibaldi, and that was a super run in the Lightning. And... He's a horse that often does take a run to get going, looks in for a really good preparation. What are the plans for him moving forward? Yeah, he goes to that same race. He goes to the Healy Stakes as well, obviously down on 54. Uh, his run was good the other day. That horse, uh, Chris Munson, zoomed over. It's a real track trip, you know, specialist at yeah, the 1,000. Yeah, he is flying. It is going great. I was able to back down the speed mid-race, and it was awfully good. My bloke, when he peeled out, I thought he was going to make a real race of it. You could just see him peak on his run late. Hadn't had the smoothest of preps with the wet weather, just getting him fully ready. That run will bring him on enormously. Uh, Craig Williams was very happy with him. He said he was very kind on him late. And in doing that, he's absolutely bounced through the run. He was as fresh as anything Monday morning post-race. So he's had a week out at the treadmill, comes back in Monday, 21 days between runs, Eagle Farm track. That's all very suitable for him. And look, if something's going to test baller in that race, it'll be a horse like Garibaldi on 54. Yeah, and Ball is one that you acquired from another yard. And the stable, you've had great success when acquiring horses from other yards. And obviously we can't or, or don't want to comment on, on what happened in their past life. But I think it's a really great measure of a stable to be able to get a horse into a new environment and, and see them flourish. Baller was one of them. Another one that stands out for me is Jonker. He broke the clock first start for your yard and then has gone on to win a Group 1 in Melbourne in the Manicado. Can you give us a little bit of insight into what you do with these types of horses uh, to get them to improve, or it's just a matter of a new environment? Yeah, they're all they're all different horses. Um, I think it was the three the three group one winners we had last year all come from other stables, um, which was which is quite a bizarre scenario. None of them started their life with me; they all come along for one reason or another. And that was Vega One, Crone, and um, and Jonker. All three last year come from different stables. So, yeah, and all, all these horses are different. You know, if Baller was, you know, a nice, easy, straightforward horse, then I guess Anthony Cummings, who was his first trainer, would, would probably still have him. And 
you went from there to Chris Waller and Chris Waller to us. Um, and then there's no, you know, no mean feat, you know, getting horses off those guys and being able to do a job from the trainers, trainers, as you know. Um, but yeah, they're all different. They just all got their own, their own quirks, their own little reasons to why they might, might have been, you know, performing to their best. And, and somehow we've been able to unlock, you know, what, what their best is. And the one thing they've all had in common is they're all good horses. So they had, yeah, I haven't they, had to make a slow, I haven't had to make a slow. Yeah, I haven't had to make a slow one fast. Yeah, I've just had to get the best out of a, to get the, get the best out of a horse that had the ability there. And you know, for different reasons, they're all, all a little bit different. What we've done with them all, and yeah, we've had a lot of luck doing it. And like I said, but the the key secret to all those horses is that they all had great ability before they joined my yard. Terrific. Hey, mate, you haven't shied away over the years about your love of Doombin and your, let's call it, not-so-great <laughs> relationship with Eagle Farm. Uh, has Eagle Farm managed to win you over at all during this carnival? Oh, look, I, I kind of like Eagle Farm in the winter. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a, it's a, a better winter track than it is summer track. It's a fantastic wet weather track, as, as we see. Um, yeah, no, I've never really fell in love with the new Eagle Farm. I used to love the old Eagle Farm. Uh, I know it was a tight old girl and it needed a reno, et cetera, but I've been very critical of the renovations that are being done. I, I don't feel that that they were done in a manner which I would prefer. I would prefer a surface exactly like I have across the road, just on the biggest circumference of of, um, of Eagle Farm. I think that would have been a, a, a terrific outcome for everyone, but it's not. No, that's not to be. You know, the, the two surfaces are just vastly different. Um, but I, like I said before, I, I do like it as a as a winter track. It certainly holds more moisture in the winter. The cooler days, the shorter daylight hours certainly aids this track. And one thing is they are doing, they're learning to manage it better. It is a different beast to manage, having that sand profile and, and different grasses, et cetera, on it, whatnot. But they're learning to manage it a lot better. Um, I thought it raced really well last week. Very interesting to see how much irrigation they put on tonight. You know, 10 mil with rain last Friday night, and the track raced beautiful. So I think... You know, that irrigation will rain very close to the meeting, like within 24 hours, is absolutely crucial to the track. Well, Eagle Farm's not the only track that you have runners at this weekend, Tony. You've, you've got runners nominated for Gold Coast and even one there at the Sunny Coast on Sunday. I guess just for our listeners here, who, who's your best bet for the weekend? My best for the weekend mm. is, um, is Ice Coast. Love it. Fills me with confidence. Yeah, footy's keen. And, and, mate, speaking of best, we're here on the Sultan Supper, of course, so what we want to know is what's your go-to dish if you're going to go out for dinner or your favourite meal to have? Oh, geez, you got me on the spot there. I'm, I'm a mad foodie. I love going out for dinner at a restaurant, etc. Like um, so, look, oh, it just depends on where we go. I'm, I'm quite you know, versatile in, in what I like, but I, I never pass back a nice feed of Italian. I, I quite like Italian. It's a... How good. It's it, a good, um, is that a good the, dish, you know, you get out and eat at. Is that the perfect setup for a successful day at the races tomorrow? You've got the wizard salutes, gets a gap at the 200, pokes through, salutes, gets Tony Gollan's first Stradbroke. Is it, <laughs> is it straight to Italian with the uh, – and some, what, some Pinot or Shiraz off the top? Uh, Pinot is my, my wine of choice, that's for sure and certain. But, no, it's probably actually we got a, an area with a bunch of clients tomorrow night with some drinks at a rooftop bar somewhere. So Ooh. that's probably more than nibbles and, and uh, yeah, probably quite a few vodka sodas if we can get over the <laughs> yeah. line tomorrow. Good for the skin <laughs> folds, those, yeah. mate. Good we've, for the skin we've folds. Had mate, the, we've had the whiz on in the past. Skin struggling during the winter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all, it's, you've got to keep warm. Don't yeah. talk winter, <laughs> mate, up there. <laughs> I've seen the 24-degree yeah. sunny days. <laughs> no, I was just going to say we've had the whiz on in the past, and he's a steak and chips guy, so you guys might have to fight over where you go to celebrate. <laughs> 
Oh, mate, I, I don't mind a good steak and kiss myself. Don't worry about that. <laughs> down the creek. Well, mate. Down the creek for lunch today. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. Well, thank you so much for your time, Tony. Um, we'll certainly be cheering home Isotope tomorrow in the Group 1 Stradbroke. We can hope, hope she gets the chocolates for you and enjoy that steak and chips with the wizard afterwards. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's been a ton of fun. No worries. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. They're cool regulation size or what? Oh, you will listen to every damn word I have to say. I've seen no finger paintings you bring home and they suck. I'm calm. All right, Salts, it is now time for Pack Your Nags. And, uh, mate, it's I'm not quite off the long run today with this one, but just something that's been bugging me a little bit in – and I've seen it creeping into – sports commentary in Australia, and that's people whose name's Xavier being pronounced as Xavier. E- Xavier. Xavier. Like, it, it's Xavier. There's no hyphen after the X. Well, the thing that annoys me about it is if your name's Xavier and you choose to identify as Xavier... <laughs> It's still not on. If you choose to identify... It's on. But it's just crept in lately, I've noticed. Like, everyone's been Xavier, 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 and now it's ex-Xavier. I don't know if we're Americanizing it a little bit, Salts, but it's just been on my hit list, so I thought I'd throw it in there today. Yeah, well, we're hard-hitting here at Two Units, and I'm going to follow up that hard-hitting stuff with with the self-serve at the supermarket. I've, I've had enough of it. Now, I mostly go to the checkout because I look at those self-serves and I just think, we took our dabs! <laughs> and, you know, we've got to keep the people in work, but... I am at a hundred percent strike rate virtually of mm. going in there and having to have the 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 red light coming on and having to have assistance. Oh no! <laughs> so uh, like baggage, something in the baggage area that's not supposed to be there, or do you you do know that when you try and steal nine avocados that it might actually recognise the weight? Yeah, that's a fair call. To- <laughs> The harses are back, mate. We've gotten rid of the shipment. Shepherds, oh, the shepherds. shepherds were around for five weeks. I tried to spread shepherd on my toast no. and it just broke it in half. I'm actually a late inclusion to pack your nags. Shepherd, yeah, shepherd avocados. <laughs> yeah, you can you can find yourself a shepherd and and, and trot off into the sunset <laughs> with some sheep, mate, because you're no good. They're absolutely no good. But yeah, the self the weight, the weighing, it's so sensitive. Like it's more sensitive than me. I'm highly speaking I am very sensitive you know what I'm glad I got through that thing where I had to speak about myself yesterday because I wasn't all that comfortable with it and I was a little bit scared I was going to be a crybaby I do wear my heart on my sleeve so I'm very relieved I got through that I've seen a little bit of crybaby something in my time too yeah and it was just like because it a kid spoke while I was speaking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Um, yeah. No, it's just, I think it's just a, so, like it's a flick down to fine leg for one. That was today, wasn't it? Yeah. Back in eggs. yeah. But, We're on 49 though. So yeah. at least we brought up a half time. <laughs> yeah, good call. Hey, let's get into some racing chat on the other side of the break. Top Sport is bringing you something that's better than the best and better than the rest. It's best of the best multis. Your top odds are guaranteed. Just place a best of the best multi across any Saturday Metro meeting to score yourself the top fluck or top dividend from the three national totes on each leg. How's that for top dollar? Download the app today and bet your way. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Best of the best not available WA races. Gamble responsibly. 
it is now time for Salt Specs. And as always, this part of the show is proudly brought to you by our great mates at Top Sport. And we've got specs across four states this week. We've got the Sandown Hillside meet, uh, Morpheville Parks meet. Uh, we've got a tip there at Ramwick, and we're going to look at a couple of the feature races at Eagle Farm as well. And Salts, uh, because we always do, let's head straight to Victoria. Racing on the hillside this week, what can we expect? Firstly, I've got a bit of Goldilocks about me with my headphones today, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say there's a little bit of prima donna sort of <laughs> yeah. gear rolling in. But. I've given him the old D's are too loud and then he's turned them down and I said they're too soft. But anyway, I digress. We're going to race two first up, but let's talk about the track. The rail is eight metres. It's a heavy surface and it will remain a heavy surface. They haven't raced on the hillside for a little bit. The last time they did, the rail was out and it was a soft five. They got off the fence, but they did race on the lakeside last week where the rail was six metres and they got off the fence. They used the same straight. So this particular meet last year, around this time, did race hot leaders, but I'm quite certain they'll be getting off that inside section, particularly as the meet goes on. Race two, we've got an open handicap over the 1,000 metres. I really like the gouch here, first up for Mara Neusis, and and Kiramar was on the radio this morning on RSN telling Gareth about the wetter the better for this horse, so the conditions really do suit, and he's the best horse here. He's got a dominant ratings profile at these weights, he goes really well first up, and he's had three jump outs. The latest of those was in very fast time, easily the fastest heat of the morning at Cranbourne. Unfortunately for us, it was filmed on a toaster <laughs> in the pitch dark. Yeah, you, you just squint your eyes ever so hardly, and you see him like burst through for the last fifty. And I, I thought, well, he's the best horse in this race, so that's enough for me to see him win a jump out in fast time. So. He'll just track the speed here and, and charge late, and, and I know you're keen too. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I've got got him marked as best best horse in the field. The one thing, though, that the only knock that I can have here, Salts, is small fields become tactical affairs, and I actually grow less confident when there are these small little fields like this. How do you – does that come into your assessment? Do you build confidence when you see a smaller field or when – yeah, how do, you, how do you assess, I guess, a smaller field in these types of races where you're sort of looking through and there's probably one clear leader in the race in Starry Legend? Yeah, well, let's talk about the small field and, and who it suits. So Starry Legend was led last start by young Liam, who, who went along and, and you look at Ashford Street, just got the perfect trail and they ran very fast time. He had no weight there, Ashford Street, so he's up in the weights today, so he's disadvantaged in that sense. So if you look at that last eight, you say, okay, Starry Legend's a little more suited today because he gets that softer lead. But what that also means is a horse like the Gouch, he doesn't want him to go lickety split first up because they've got fitness on him yep. and it's a heavy track and he's got a really good turn of foot. So in this smaller field, he, he's the horse I feel at advantages and, and it makes me keener to land on him as well. Yeah, cool. So he's just going to camp off him and go whoosh Yeah, yeah. All right, hey, let's head to race six, Salty, uh, which is a benchmark 78 over the 2400 and you've got a couple here that you like. I do. I'm playing it safe with a back and save. I'll back Teofilo star for one unit. And I'll save on Gatecrush for Paddy Payne for half a unit, who's a very promising stayer. Now, both of these, they ran on the same day, last start, and they're here off a, off a short turnaround. They both ran identical last 1,200-meter splits for the day, so that's a really good measure for a horse that, one, Teofilo star remains at the trip, and, and two, Gatecrush tra- gate is up 300 meters in trip. But I'm leaning to Teofilo because he completely busted the clock 
toot. <laughs> he completely busted the clock that day and he faced the breeze outside the leader. And what he was was incredibly tough late. He certainly wasn't shirking it through the line. So goes forward again. And you're going to be disadvantaged if you're a few pairs back on the fence at Sandown on Saturday, but you're not going to be disadvantaged if you're lead because you, then you angle off and pick your lane. So he can run along and he's very fit. So expect a horse that might be half a run short like the stayer, what's Mom, his name? Momba Hare? Yeah, Momba Hare. Yeah, hit the line really well last start. I was going to ask you about yeah. this. I was going to ask you about this horse, Salts, because I did look into the race and Momba Hare looks a pretty nice, pretty nice bet or proposition here third up uh, third up gets to the 2400 kicked off at Ballarat first in Australia over 2000 went to 2100 at Sandown now out to the 2400 this is the horse that's going to be flashing late he will the the thing that the query on him is whether he's half a run short I know he gets a longer trip but whether he is half a run short considering he's going to be back in the field and the other two like gate crushers got gate four he'll be settling a little closer given he's on a quick backup and Teofilo Star will be leading. So he's going to have to be very good to match those horses in strength on the line, considering they're off a quicker turnaround and, and Teofilo Star's out of a fast race. So that's why I've lent to the both of them. And I'm just keeping Gate Crash safe because he's a very good up-and-coming stayer on a quicker backup. In form too. So Teofilo Star at $5, you're having one unit on that horse. Mm-hmm. And then Gate Crash, you're having half a unit on at $3.20 in race six. Hey, let's head to race eight. It's a benchmark 84, over 1,300 metres, and a little bit of rough stuff. Yeah, I really like Prince of Helena in this, and I'll have 0.65 units on him. I think he shapes up as a great roughie. You look at his effort too, back. He bolts in on a soft seven. Now, it was on a Gundagai Cup, but it was a high-rating country cup. Then he had every chance in his last start, but he ended up being out-bobbed. On, it was a sick photo. I was on him that day, and, and it looked like he was home. He was home everywhere bar the post, but the horse that beat him is Acceleration, who won dominantly at Flemington last week over 2,000 metres in a fast-run race. So the form around him's good. He's been freshened up. He comes back to 1,300 metres. He's, he's got a very good fresh record at this trip. He jumped out really well between runs on a heavy track, and I just reckon he's a horse that's in the zone, that gets conditions to suit, the speed he's on. He's got a nice middle alley. He drops in weight. There's there's a lot to like about him, given he's a, you can get 15 bucks for him. So I think he's a really good roughy Prince of Valena, and I'm happy to play him. And Jake Duffy, the Duff man, gets a chance in town. Duff man. <laughs> 15 bucks, yeah. Prince of Helena. Uh, we're going to come back there a little bit later in the show, but we are going to head to Morfittville now, where racing is on the parks track, and it uh, looks like it's going to be soft over there again. Yeah, it will be. It'll be a seven or a six, but it'll be in that soft range. The rail's six metres. It was three metres last week and, and heavy and, and raced quite well. So getting off the fence today as they go on. And race five is a benchmark 78 over 2,250 metres, and you've got a unit on something here. Yeah, King of Pharaohs, he was outclassed two back at group one level over 2,500 metres, so you can forgive that. Dropped sharply in trip last start to 1,800 metres, and he should have won. He, he just got clear too late, and what he did was, when he was clear, he hammered through the line, back up in trip again, looks absolutely primed to win, and a rightful favourite. 
And, you know, he's north of three bucks. I think that's a good price. Yeah, $3.50, you'll get about King of Pharaohs on top sport in the fifth on the parks track. Hey, race seven, benchmark 68 over the 1,400. A familiar face just says, g'day, can you guys tip me again? Yeah, Sacred Amour was with him first up and second up and got a massive turn of foot. Was disadvantaged last start because although he had some some runs under the belt for the prep, he was 11 to 1,400 metres and that's never, ever a good setup no matter where you are in your prep. He led there at Murray Bridge, long straight, was just nailed late. He's clearly much better for that effort now at 1,400 metres. He gets weight relief. He gets a weight swing on the winner that won there, Jarmint, who's got an awful parks track record. He's got a really soft map, doesn't have to lead. Will enjoy the wet, Sacred Falls horse. They get through it mm. and, and has proven it in the past. And what he's got, he's got a massive turn of foot. Like he was home some 12 lengths faster than Benchmark last 600 early in the prep. So over 1,400, if if they just uh, gallop moderately and he can be off the fence, doesn't have to lead, he'll be charging late and looks really well placed. That is sacred armor or a mo- we kind of get French. Oh, that's actually, yeah. We get French. Well, that's armor, isn't it's it? It's armor, yeah. I think Why have we got French? We always go French on it. But oh, anyway. It's actually sacré amour. <laughs> <laughs> and sacré amour is uh, for Lockie Neindorf and the Doodle. At two dollars sixty on <laughs> top sport in race seven. I'm just I'm laughing at Lockie, not yeah, Doodle. Yeah, yeah. Doodles are funny. Uh, <laughs> race eight, mate, is a benchmark sixty-eight over the thousand, and I'm sort of the mayor's back in town. Is, is this a bit of a uh, Ferrari McLaren? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, McLaren's no good, mate. Yeah, I, I'm, they're I'm still s- expensive. I'm still yet to watch the uh, Netflix series that had over record made over record crowds at Ten Albert Park this year. <laughs> Uh, we'll uh, see. Anyway, fighting McLaren Salts is the tip at $4 on Top Sport. And I reckon it's a nice kickoff race um, for this guy. And he uh, he's comes off a solid trial at Balaclava and, and showed some good gate speed in that trial. Campbell Rewiller, I think, will be able to kick up from barrier two here and hold a spot. Um, he's put together a really nice record for Ryan Balfour. Four wins, three minor placings from nine starts. Uh, I think he's the best horse in the race, and I'm pretty keen to play fighting McLaren. He's actually in. He's in a couple of points. He's into three eighty now. So uh, that's race eight. Let's. Head. Yeah, he's got a good record uh, in the wet as well. Yeah, we we love that. Yeah, we love that soft stuff. He does too. Um, let's head to Randwick and just the one tip at the moment at Randwick Salts. It's in race three. It's benchmark seventy eight. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't. This is the only race I looked at because it was a horse that that I've liked in the past. So I I might have a few things pop up at Randwick. The interesting thing there is it's a drying track. It's currently a soft five. The rail's three metres. Sometimes with with that those drying conditions, it, it can be a little bit difficult to make ground. This is the best rated track and the best Peno rating they've had in Sydney since oh, early February. I was about to ask. That. Yeah. I was about to ask when was the last time we've had a good track. Yeah. So whether it gets the good, it, it may well. So interesting to note how the track plays and – I don't think it's going to be a disadvantage to be on speed, and that's going to help Queen Bellissimo in the third. Really good first up at Hawkesbury, then Spacer runs to the second up effort, and it was okay, but at these weights, it ended up rating really well, and to 1,200 now, I reckon 1,200's more a go than, than, than the shorter trips, and get some weight relief for the claimer on some firmer going. So that just means... She's going to lead. You look at the map and you say, well, yes, she will lead, but they're taking three kilos off. I know I know, yeah. I know it didn't mean that French Marine led yeah. the other week <laughs> when it should have, but 
I'll, she should be leading third up and should be winning. Look, I think what you can often forget is apprentices have a claim for a reason. It's yeah. because they're apprentices. So a lot of punters do blow up and mate, I'm I've been guilty of it in the past yeah. too, where you go, Oh, well, this thing's, you know, should have led at fifty five and a half kilos or whatever it is. Yeah. And you're like, well, the claim's actually factored in to the fact that it's an apprentice jockey. Yeah. So we do I think as punters we do forget that sometimes. Nah, that that is a very good point because my initial thought with the French Marine, if French Marine leads that race, it it just simply wins the race. But Dylan was so concerned with getting cover, I my first thought was I reckon that there's been some sort of instruction yep. to settle in behind the lead. And and that's where the claim, you know, riding in the city, one of the first times he, or second mate he'd ridden in the city, you, you want to ride to instruction for your master, for Chris Lees. So that's why that might have happened. If that was a senior jockey and they were the instructions, but then they saw how the race was unfolding, it might have been done differently. But that's why you factor the claim in. The thing that's different about Queen Bellissimo is there's absolutely no way in hell that the instruction is going to be fine cover. Yeah. So there's, that's there's no there's yeah. no speed there's a bit of speed drawn outside, but it's a yeah. handlebars down looking job. Yeah, isn't definitely, it? and yeah. that's what makes you more confident. And that is why claimers have better records on front runners because the the instruction isn't ambiguous and and they just ride the horse. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good call, and that's Queen Bellissimo there in race three, uh, one unit at two dollars eighty. But keep your eye out on the uh, Sultan underscore Racing Twitter sphere uh, for any more tips. Perhaps Saturday morning at Randwick, we are going to duck up to Eagle Farm Salts, and I know you haven't had a big opportunity to really dissect the card. You've looked at a couple of the feature races, um, but whilst whilst you were in there, sort of wobbling your head around on dot com yesterday <laughs> i was i was just tucking into a little bit of the queensland form and uh <laughs> and uh i've uh look i've got i'm going to look at two races so it's race six is the q22 it's a wait for age over 2200 it's a 1.2 million dollar pop-up race it is isn't it it's but, a- but you know what like i'm not sure who you're going to touch on here but like for example, Zaki won it last year. Now Huetor's in it this year, and and he's going to be a Cox Plate horse. He just beat Zaki at two thousand meters, so it is attracting some good up and comers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, prize money will do that to a degree. Yeah, exactly. Hey, there is a class runner that I want to look at. That I'm just specking in this race, so I don't give mm. my units, but it'd be it's just a little bit of specking, and I'm happy to sort of back around Huetor, who I think is going to have bigger fish to fry, but. Whatever. This is a one point two million dollar race, but Pretty cold big fish, man. Yeah, I you know. get a lot of fish and chips for that. <laughs> what would you get? Well, That's considering a two dollar minimum chips gets you chips for your entire family, <laughs> you get a fair few chippies. Yeah, I've, I've um I've had a stinker on that one, I reckon. <laughs> but there is a class horse here, Salts Colding. Thirty-one dollars. I can't. I can't have Colding going around um, for the second time on a good track this prep at thirty-one dollars. So. I reckon he's going to run a corker. Unknown over the distance, but what we do know is that he's rock hard fit and has been screaming out for some dry tracks. So finished off really well in the Lord Mayor's Cup, which was won by Big Boy Roy. This is this is different gravy, but I think this could be some genuine mastery from CJ Waller. I've sort of been questioning the whole prep as like, why are we just running holding on these heavy decks? Like hates them, hates yeah. them. Oh, he can't stand them. Can't stand them, but gets here and it's like, well, you've got a horse that's rock hard fit going 2200 first time and ran a really good 
uh, race in the Lord Mayor's Cup. So I'm just going to have a spec at Colding at $31. And the other one I'm just going to spec as well on an each-way basis is Crydearis, the Godolphin, at $41. So I think he's an interesting one. So he just looks like he's going to love the 2,200 metres out of the same race as Colding, but was home in the fastest last six for 200 of the day in that race and $41 looks ridiculous for me. So I'm just going to spec those two at a price salts and you know if Hoyter wins at $3.10 just just mm. have it. What's interesting with Colding is he hasn't run over any further than 2000 meters, but the last time he ran over 2000 meters was on a soft 7, so let's scrap that. That was at in the Cox Plate one by Sir Dragonet. The start before that was the biggest figure he's posted in the whole time since he won the Doncaster. And that was over 2,000 metres on a good four at Ramwick. So he's certainly a horse crying out for a good track. And, and he does drop a little bit of weight from last start as well. You know what they say, mate. Forms temporary classes permanent. That's exactly right, mate. <laughs> hey, race eight, mate. The Group 1 Stradbroke handicap over 1,400. And I don't really need to talk about this too much because we had... We had the man himself, T. Gollan, yeah. on the show on the supper just prior. And uh, yeah, I'm with Isotope each way at 11 bucks and 350 And yeah, I'm hoping those saddle issues are going to help her find that customary gate speed that um, she's been known for. I think drawn four with the wizard on is just an absolute perfect setup for her to be at her best. So I'm backing Isotope each way. Unz. Unz, unz. Hey, uh, that rounds out the specs, Saltsy. So far, we'll be back a bit I've later. I've got a good story turns. about Unz, actually. Yeah, go. So I've got a little nephew, and like I always just go to him like Unz, 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 like at the disco. And now he just walks around like when I'm not there, he just like fat arms it and just says <laughs> Unz. So he might be a little party animal in a, in, uh, in 20 years' time. I don't mind it. <laughs> you could be taking him out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, creepy, I'll, creepy Uncle Souls. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to the, I'll, I'll go to a blue light disco when I'm 45. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be all right. Yeah, the blue lights will be flashing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> all right. Unit. It is now time for unit of the week, and uh, we got. We got Joshy Malone on this week. He he applied for the gig via Twitter, like it, and then and then I got in touch. Well, the admin department got in touch with him and said, and then he comes back saying, "You must be desperate." And it's like, "Nah, mate, you applied. Yeah, if you're you, all right. You don't send yeah. your application in if you don't want the job." Post Malone, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> Joshy Malone. Anyway, this is uh, this is where Joshy's heading this week. Hey boys and all units, uh, thanks for the invite. Times must be uh, pretty tough, inviting a degenerate punter like myself on here, but uh, looking forward to the challenge. Going to head to uh, Eagle Farm, race eight in the Stradbroke, um, to a favourite of mine in 11-11. Uh, will be too good. Um, I, unfortunate news, I do have a, have a wedding on when it runs, but so it'll be a shame that I miss the ceremony. Uh, anyway, boys, let's cheer it home um, and hopefully we... We go to profit bill. Thank you. <laughs> what about Post Malone? That is very good yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's bought some stand-up gear. I, <laughs> I like him. Um, if I was ever like in a wedding when there was a group one on, like the, the phone would be coming out. Yeah, sure. Surely. Well, I got married on a Friday. Yeah. You want to get 
Whether I get married or not remains insane, but it'll probably be on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, and I know, I know all of we've got a pretty strong female contingent out there. Yeah. Yes, forty percent. Yes, forty is married. Sorry, uh, <laughs> just to let let all you girls know. Um, but Salty Malone, we're on Joshy Malone post Malone. We're on eleven eleven at six bucks. We've locked in on Top Sport for our unit of the week. All the best. You got to get past the wizard. We're going for back to back at Eagle Farm with our unit of the week, yeah. aren't we? Oh, yep. I've got to, I've got to still send that gift back out. Sorry, I mean <laughs> no, the admin. It's in the mail. The yeah. admin department. Bloody Oz post COVID oh, public holiday yeah, Monday yeah. too. Sorry, mate. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Salty, time for our two units, our best bets from around Australia. I'm going to kick it off. Race four, Sandown. Uh, it's a handicap over the mile and start of chaos at four bucks. Mate, absolute seven-length gap job eased down last start on the lake side. That was in 70 grade, but Blinkers went on for the first time. And, uh, mate, she just kicked away, and she treated the, f- the field with just utmost disrespect and um, and ran a huge new peak as well in the process. So it was her first go on the bog. She clearly relished it. Alana Kelly sticks with the claim. Tougher opposition here, but if she doesn't regress off that run, um, off that last start run, I, I just see no reason why she doesn't find herself in the winner's stall again. So, Star of Chaos, four bucks, I think in a couple of points now, maybe 380 is my two units job. Yeah, what you the point you make about the regression is, is the point, because if she doesn't regress, she will win the race. But you look at, I've stayed out of the race, but when you're looking at points as to whether or not a horse will regress or not, well, it sticks a few boxes to say that it can at least hold its form because it's 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 on the same surface, not on the exact same track, but it's, it's the same bloody home straight, but it's still on the same uh, heavy track and it also retains the same jockey, mm. which is really important for, for a horse that's going to be going forward. So yeah, I hope she holds her, her form and bolts in, mate. And the blink, blink, blinkers. Yes. Key. Mate, where are you going for your two units this week? I'm going to Morfittville, mate. The Parks track and race four to benchmark 86 over the 1250. I really like Turbo here. and, and Tommy Turbo. Yeah, Tommy Turbo. And he's out injured, so hopefully uh, this one goes better than Tommy. But here over Swan Hill today, which is Friday, and Sandown on Saturday. And looks really well placed crossing the border here second up. He strikes a race with a few that are either out of form or have been up for a while. So he's the one with the upside because he gets here off a little bit of a gap between runs, but he's second up. He ran really well first up at Caulfield. He went right back from the barrier over 1,200 metres, and then he rattled home in race fastest splits. He's not going to know himself here with 53 kilos. He's drawn to do no work in a race of little speed. So from barrier four, I really think he'll be settling handier to the speed. No wins in the wet, but that's where we can often get a little bit uh, confused about you know you look at a horse's stats and you and his stats say he's a good tracker but he has run ratings in the wet to say that he doesn't detest it and he gets through it so I'm happy he handles it I'm happy he's the the most well placed horse in this race and I'll have one and a half units on him as my best bet of the weekend Turbo Race Four at on two, the Park Strike at two eighty has the map suit for him Salty so drawn four obviously in really well at the weights after the Nindorf claim again at 53 kilos. But where's he sort of end up to in the run? Yeah, I think the map looks really good. There's a there's not much speed. So he's a horse that's been able to, to take a forward and midfield position in the past. But outside of Roll on Drunk and Scout's Honor, mm. there's actually no other go-forward horses. So from barrier four with 53 kilos, why on earth 
would you not track that speed? Yeah, it's a good dart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, buddy, good luck to us, mate. Absolutely. That's, that's what I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> mate, you, you'd be looking forward to a pretty relaxed weekend, I'd imagine, after what's been a big couple of days for the Sultan. Yeah, yeah, I, I will be, mate. Be putting the feet up, tucking it easy. Taking it easy. Off to the footy this week? I will. Monday, uh, pies look well-placed here, uh, whatever we are. Twelfth up or something? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've really—I've oh, noticed you've really picked up in your support in how you've supported your team in the last few weeks. Oh, it's just that. Mate, I'm <laughs> as big a diehard as you get. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Well, all the best punters across the weekend. Uh, gamble responsibly as always. Hop on iTunes, give us a bloody five stars and some comments, and uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully on Thursday, Salts so or yeah, yeah, and uh, be. we'll be in your ears then. Hey, good luck on the whistle tonight, mate. Thanks, mate. Thank you.